Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Season two of the Pat and JT podcast. Oh my, now I'm here at last. The best time always gonna be the best. Come on. Exclusively on the Parkville Network. 402-403-9478. Um, that's, you can text us. You can call us. You can leave us a voicemail. You can do whatever. You can go. It's Pat and JT. Anywhere on, um, I mean, Facebook, Instagram. Social media. Yeah, not Pretty Snapchat. much everything. Pat's on TikTok. Yeah, he's all over the place. Uh, 100, 100 <laughs> likes, no big deal, on a dance that my daughter and I did the other day in our in the living room. Uh, she, I learned it in about a minute and a half. No big deal. Nailed it. Right. Did you share that with anybody that could see it in your, like in your real life? Besides your kids' friends? <laughs> that, just sounds, that just puts everything really into perspective. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't yet, but I will. Okay. I've got okay. it on my phone. It's pretty good. All right. Hey, we, we've got a guest in the studio with us. And he's been here before. Um, Dr. Larry Woodman is with us. Welcome to the studio. How are you doing, sir? Oh, great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Last time you were here with the guys from Performance Mountain, with Jack Riggins, um, had Danny Woodhead in here, and now we can say out loud that Lauren Cook is with them as well. Um, and let, let's, real quick, let's kind of talk about Performance Mountain real quick and what you guys do and what you do and just kind of in reference, because I know if you heard the podcast, you kind of know, but if you happen to miss it. Yeah, I mean, we're uh, Performance Mountain is a, a consulting company, and our focus is on high-performance mental skills, elite mindset, leadership, culture, team dynamics, and um, we use our range of experts that you've mentioned already to help people kind of optimize groups, people, teams to be the best they can be. And, you, and it's working. I mean, you're obviously it's working because you're working with some pretty high profile teams as we speak. And that are Creighton doing really women. well. Right. Oh, like the Creighton Blue Jay basketball, what, team, what, basketball team and uh, Husker women's you know volleyball what? team, which they're pretty good. Spe- yes, they are. Well, we used to work uh, with Husker women's volleyball yeah. team. Well, see, and they're pretty Residual. good. Residual. Residual pretty good. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, the Creighton game, my mom and dad were watching the game. I think it was a Seton Hall game or it was one right after or one of the two. But anyway, um, my parents, I never realized what kind of fans they are of college basketball. And they, they, they like to watch the Huskers and they like to watch Creighton. And, and they're super excited about what's going on with Creighton this year. And my mom, I hadn't mentioned any of the podcast. I don't even know if she listens. I, she doesn't know how to get a podcast. So anyway. No, don't even try that. So she didn't hear you were on our podcast. She doesn't know about Performance Mountain. But she said that she was so impressed. She says, watching, watching Creighton play, she says it's like a different team. She says it's just, they seem to just share the ball so much more. And she says, and they move so fast. And they're like three or four plays ahead of the other team or moves ahead of the other team the whole way through. I was like, well, I think I know some people would be very glad to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> that was just her observation watching. Yeah, it's fun to hear. I mean, you know, I like to say that and I'm not knocking it at all. I say that our role is small but significant because you hate to take away from the people that are there every day. I mean, the athletic trainers, strength and conditioning, and the coaches, and all the support staff that live there every day. I mean, we... Well, all in, that. Yeah, we come and do up. our role. Yeah. And they already have some great providers there already that provide some good mental support and uh, performance support already. So we're just one more 
piece yeah. of the pie. And so, you know, you don't ever want to overcredit. But the, the cool thing is, is that I would say what you brought up, which was really cool for us, is that if one thing I know we did early on was we helped them identify their top values, meaning in their number one value that they came up with, mm-hmm. was, as compared to last year, was sharing the ball. That they had identified that for a few different reasons, that they were more selfish at times, meaning that maybe there was a better shot to be taken. Not that they took a terrible shot, but maybe if they made one more pass, there would even be a better right? shot. And you have to take a chance Interesting. to do that. And trust each other. Yeah. yeah. And, and you have to acknowledge that that is something you could do better. So it's always cool when you know Coach McDermott and the players are always talking about how much better they do at sharing the ball. Yeah. Because we know that's something that's important to them that they value. They identified it. They identified it. They did. Yeah. Not us. It's always yeah. great when someone else identifies. We help them identify values, but saying, all right, so what does it look like? If I, I'm at your game, what does it look like a team that's selfish or unselfish and shares the ball? So what well, if you guys would go in there in any situation, whether it's a team or it's a business mm-hmm. or wherever, and they identify something, but you know clearly that that's not the biggest issue. Like you, you could just tell then the dynamic in the room, like, okay, does well, I happen? understand this. Yeah, yeah. Does that ever happen? Or they, do people always identify their biggest? Oh no. That, no. A lot of times they need help coming up with their values. So a lot of times what we'll do exercises where we whiteboard them out so that we actually encourage people to come up with maybe their top 10 values and then short down to their top three, Got four it. or five. But a lot of times they don't even know. So it, it requires a discussion and sometimes they don't even put that value up on the board. And I'm like, you know, a lot of teams selfishness gets in their way. I don't see that up on the board. I'm not telling you to put it up there. I'm not saying you're selfish. No, I'm not yeah. saying you put it up there, but <laughs> yeah. would you want to consider that? Let's, can you, will you put it up on the board so you guys can discuss it? You decide, you yeah. cross it off. And sometimes they haven't thought of the things that could get in their way or what their values need to be. Sometimes they need help. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's all a big part of like goal setting, just even for an individual um, to identify. That's why they say it's so important to write down, to write down your goals and, and write down the pros and cons or write down your ideas or write down your dreams and you know all that stuff to write things down because a lot of people think, well, I know what I want to do. It's right here in my head. I don't need to write it down. But it's funny is when you write things down, how it makes you think intentionally about them. And then you may identify other things that are maybe more important or more likable. Yeah. Did you know that this is true? If you just write down your goals and look at them every day, it increases your chance of success by 400%. That's it. That's the big separator. Just identifying it and and, and thinking about it. Thinking about it every day and looking at them. And you think you're already doing that. But you're not because you're daydreaming about it, or you're blah blah blah. But just writing them down and thinking about it that way helps. And look at look them at, and you got to look at them every day, and because life gets in the way. Yeah. Right. And if it's a tough goal, which a lot of our goals are, and if life gets in the way, or it's just a challenging, difficult goal, we're not feeling like we're making the progress we want, and yeah. we don't stay on task. It's true, though. You you have things that you do every day, and if something gets you off, off off your track for the morning. That happens to me without, without a doubt. If all of a sudden I have to carry a lot more things out to the car than I normally do. And I realize I'm halfway down the road and I forgot my phone, which is always the first thing I grab otherwise, right. but my hands were full. So I felt like I had everything. And then you have to go back and start over. Or it's the same way, like you did something, it was a common practice. It's a habit. And then all of a sudden you realize you're not doing it anymore. And you're like, why did I stop? Yeah. When did I stop doing this? Like, so, it's like so many things get put in your brain, something falls out. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Don't, you only have room for so many things and something <laughs> falls true. out. And you have to make room. And, and lo and behold, it's something that you really like or that's beneficial for you. Like exercise. Yeah. One. And exercise is one of the things that gets me off of my 
like this morning, I didn't go to the gym. I was just tired. I just didn't go. And normally I go early, 4.30 or 5, like super early. We need to talk and about that. I know. With people, I'm getting We're a lot of grief about online that. about that. But um, <laughs> I do, but I just, I feel so much better. And I just, I, you know, I get grief it's there. It's part of your habit. It's, it's part of my habit. But then Routine. it's also, but then I'm also falling asleep at 8 o'clock at night. And that's not a, another thing that I need to work on too. But um, <laughs> but yeah, but then you, if you don't go to the gym or you do go and you forget, like you said, something, one thing gets you off that track and it can mess up your whole day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why it's so important to have not just the outcome goal. So we spend a lot of time on goals and Mm -hmm. setting what we call smart goals because human beings are really good at setting the outcome goal. I want to, I want to get in shape. Yeah. But they don't necessarily write down the four or five things that they need to do every day to actually reach their goal. So if they, or it might be, you know, I want to lose, I want to lose weight. Yes. Well, what are the five ingredients that I need to do every day? It could be I'm signed up with Weight Watchers. It could be I'm going to exercise five days a week for an hour. And so we're really good at setting the outcome goal Uh or a New Year's resolution, whatever you want to call it. That's a classic outcome goal. But humans aren't very good at writing down what are the four or five things I need to do every day to reach that goal? Because those are the things that we get off of. It's not as much that we get off of... um, the big picture. Yeah, we get right. off like if, we, if part of losing weight is to yeah. be in the gym five days a week, if we're not keeping an eye on five days a week, maybe it's three days this week because my kids were sick or I wasn't feeling well. Right. And then you weren't staying on the prize. And then you realize a month later, I'm not reaching my goal, but you hadn't thought about, am I slipping on the exercise part? I promise five days a week, I'm only doing two. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the process goals are. So those are all the ingredients to be successful. Those are the keys to actually... To making it. So do you think that's probably why most people fail at their resolutions every new year? That is the reason. That that is because it's like you need a resolution, but then you need the subset. Right. Because the resolution is just what we call the outcome goal. Right. It's not the ingredients to get to the outcome. And that's why by February 1st, the research shows somewhere between 70 and 90% of New Year's resolutions are out the door by one month. So then instead of saying on January 1st, I'm going to get into shape. I'm going to lose 25 pounds. Instead of just saying that, then you should say what? Bye. Yeah, well, here's an yeah. example. Okay. So I'll just give you the weight loss goal because I think people can relate to that. Yeah. And, and you can tell say, that I'm carrying about 12 extra pounds. You yeah, can but be you honest. Could, 12, <laughs> listen to him. 15, thanks. Whatever. 12 such a random <laughs> no, number. I'm to... carrying 12.5 pounds. Do I spend, it's all water I don't weight. weigh myself every day. Does that count the weight of the puffy jacket? <laughs> I don't, it's yeah. all air, right? It's all air. It's and zipped sweat. up tight. It's gross. <laughs> it's gross. Well, assuming okay. that you need to lose 12 okay. and a half I'm pounds. Just Whatever. But you could say I need to lose weight. Right? That's okay. just an outcome goal. Right. Or what I would say, we call it a SMART goal. So S is specific. M, can you measure it? S M A R T. Right. I'm writing this down right now. Is it achievable? Okay. R, is it relevant to your life? And T, there's a time component. So I would say, as a SMART goal, I need to lose 20 pounds in the next three months. And you may add in there because my blood pressure has been up. Okay. Yeah. Or I want to just, ah, I want to feel, or I want, or I want to put, feel put better. Put a reason. But so, you're feeling so in. So the specific, in. right? Yeah. Is I want to lose weight. That's specific. You can, yeah. you can measure it. Right. Is it achievable? Well, if you're 20 pounds overweight and you want to lose 20 pounds in a month or two, maybe that's not achievable that quickly. Right. But you have to decide, can you achieve that goal? Is it relevant to what you need to do? If you're two pounds overweight and you say, I need to lose 10 or 15 pounds, maybe there's a problem. Right. right. So right. Is it, and then you have to have a time component to measure it by. So that's where a lot, of, and a lot of people leave that out too. They do. So then that's our SMART goal, but that's still just an outcome goal. So okay. that's a great out, that's a better goal than just more I defined. Want to lose. Now we get to come up with our four or five or six ingredients to be able to lose 20 pounds in three months. And that so I want to lose 20 pounds in three months, but still have glasses of wine every night. 
Yes. Okay. You probably so can do that. How am I Ooh, going to? Uh, right. I got to work goal. that in because I, I, yeah. I'm being realistic. I want to yes. work in my hundred percent. You got to be because you can't say I'm going to not have wine or anything for three whole months. That's not realistic. And then it's I'll be not, mad. That's yeah. the achievable part. Right. Too. Right. Is it realistic? Is it achievable? Can you do that within your own? So what do I have to add to my life in order to be able to yes. continue doing this other thing yes. that I want to do? And then right. it always comes down to what we talk about is your why. How big is your why? Yeah. You know how big is it because. If somebody said, you know, on that goal, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds because I want to go to my 20-year reunion and look good. That's okay. That's an okay why, I would call it. But if you said, I need to lose 100 pounds in the next six months because my doctor said I won't be alive to walk my daughter down the aisle. That's a huge why. That's a big why. It's a capital why. Some of the biggest, toughest Mm -hmm. goals that humans accomplish in this world are when the why is big. And it may be that they've never been able to get sober. They've never been able to quit smoking. But their doctor says, you're going to be on oxygen the rest of your life if you don't quit smoking now. Maybe you've never been able to quit, and now your why is so big, or wanting to walk your daughter down the aisle, Mm -hmm. or your wife is taking the kids away if you you have one more bout of drinking, and it may be the time you, your fifth treatment, you finally get sober because your why finally... Because sometimes it's got to be external. It's like, it's maybe it's not important enough if it's just that, okay, the doctor said you're going to be on oxygen the rest of your life, that's bad, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to be able to walk your daughter down the aisle. Yes. That's that's their life that you're affecting, right. and and then you realize anytime you can make an emotional connection yeah. to the goal, it's going to be. I'm not going to say it's easier, but of course goals are hard. And when mm-hmm. you hit adversity and bumps in the roll toward your goal, how do you stay motivated? Absolutely, it's your why. It's exactly. your why that helps you fight true. through it. How it's important not, is that outcome? Yes. Yeah. And the more emotional mm-hmm. connection it is to a person or another person or a family, you know, I mean, it's because goals are tough. They're hard. They're hard. And that, and that's the funny thing is that everybody's connected by that. Cause like the, it's funny is that it's the same things you, you mentioned a couple, three of the big ones too, the smoking, the drinking, the weight loss. Those are, those are like the, the big three, mm-hmm. I would imagine. I, would, I, can't, yeah, I can't think of anything. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, gambling maybe, maybe I mean, you know, vices, could, yeah, yeah. Vices, some vices, yeah. Some other vices or anything that you can't do in moderation, even exercise. Some people right. over exercise yeah. and it's like, you've got to, mm-hmm. Add some other components in your life. We got to pull this in a little well, bit. Well, like you and like you, know? you just said, you can't pull like because you're realistic. You want to have a glass of wine every night. You can't yeah. just get say, I'm going to go and I'm going to run. I'm going to be a runner tomorrow, starting tomorrow, ten miles a day for the rep for the next three months. You just can't do that because then you're going to fail. Then you're going to be disappointed. Your and you're going to go down no. even deeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So sometimes you need help with somebody to help you set those ingredients. Yeah. You know, like what are the ingredients to get there? Because let's suppose at the you want to lose 20 pounds in three mm-hmm. months, but at month one, you've only lost two pounds. Well, it's, it's only two reasons it didn't go well. One is that if you're being honest with yourself, you didn't do all the things you said you were going to do. That's right. the most likely thing, which is I said I was going to do this, 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 and this, and I've gotten away from it. Or is it because people set those little, little those like are too high? No, it could, or it could be that you have set them all and you're following them to a T and they're not strong enough. Like you didn't know oh. this, this was you, what you thought was going to take. Maybe someone even helped you with it and said, yes. if you do these four or five things, well, you're going to lose 20 pounds in three months. Well, maybe your metabolism's different. And you have to then say, well, instead of doing a half hour in the gym, five days a week, I'm going to have to do an hour because I'm doing everything I said I was going to yeah. do. You're so eating I, like you're supposed to. You did everything you you're said. doing this, Eat, but you're still exercise, not. Exercise, yeah. sleep, manage your stress. I'm like, I'm doing it all. Then you have to you have to be what we call flexible and be willing to adapt. So then you change it up based on, am I following everything? If I am, you better change it or you won't get there. Or more likely, can, how big is my why? Can I get yeah. back to the ingredients I said I was going to do? Or maybe that, maybe that goal is not as important as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was somebody else's goal for me. 
That's interesting. Yeah. See, and you mentioned too having somebody to help you do those things. And I know some people work better in a group. Some people don't. Some people work better having somebody uh, holding them accountable. I'm I'm one of those resistors. I hate when somebody checks on me. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, fine. When I was a little kid, I told Pat this before. When I was a little kid, I'm glad you're finally telling this to a doctor. This is, <laughs> this is fantastic. Watch, I'm gonna yeah. turn. Yes. This oh, here we go. go. Tear her up. <laughs> Get after it. The deep dive. It's here we go. Yeah. Back here. All right. Here we go. Only child. I know. I got issues. I'm already here. We go. Oh, he's already. He's rubbing his chin and crossing his arms. Get okay. back on that couch. Here we go. Here we go. Um, but yeah, only child, right? Okay, so mom and I were home a lot by ourselves, and dad was a truck driver, so he was gone quite a bit. And mom would yell at me to go do something. She just yelled, Jill, go blankety blank, you know, whatever. Okay. And I was watching TV or whatever I was doing. I literally would count to 10 before I would get up to go do it. And if she yelled again before 10, I'd start over. And I just said, and I'd, okay, one, two, three, four. Jill, I heard you. One, I did. She never knew that. She always wondered why I was sitting. No, she doesn't because she doesn't have a podcast. So I'd be sitting and I would just continue either reading or watching TV or whatever it was I was doing. But I would always, it was like, I will do it on my time. And I hear what you want me to do and I will go do it when I'm ready. (laughs) But if somebody checks, it's kind of like when you talk about the diet programs and there are so many that you had to, you had to go in and weigh in, or you had to uh, check in with your group person, or you have to, whatever, there's a phone call or whatever. And I'm like, no. (laughs) And I'm the opposite. She likes to be in charge. Really? (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's awesome. On her time. Whatever. She's a cat. (laughs) On her time. She'll let you pet her on her time. I'm a cat. Little control issues. Little control issues, baby. (laughs) And that's the name of today's podcast. Little control issues. (laughs) Control, I'm running the desk, don't forget it. Uh, And I'm I'm the opposite. I I lost, um, when I was with a program where I had to go in and work out, not work out, but weigh in every week with this group of people and go to the gym all the time. I, I can't work out at home. I have to go to a gym in the group setting. I would go in and I lost 70 pounds in three months, maybe on a, on a weight loss program going in, weighing in all the time. And it wasn't like a shame thing. Like I didn't want people to say you lost, you didn't lose the weight. It was just more keeping me on track, keeping myself accountable because I felt like it, it helped me be more honest with myself, having other people around me doing the same thing. It's an accountability plan. Yeah. Right? That's why mm-hmm. Jack and I, we always talk about, I think last time, we always talk about having a battle buddy too. Mm-hmm. And that you have a battle group, but I mean, Same talk about having too. that concept of, you know, if you, if, you, if you tell a battle buddy your goals and they help you stay on track, it's just one more person that you don't want to let down. It just kind of reminds you like, oh yeah, I would have easily sat on the couch tonight, but I got to be at the gym with five other people I promised to do my workout with. Yeah. So you don't let That's, them down. And, yeah. I, and I will say there are, there have been moments, yes, when there is that person, but it, it depends on how they approach you. If, it, if it's a, what are you doing? Come on, man. You know, it's like, like, a, like a disappointed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of, hey, you ready to go? You know, I'm, I'm going to, I'll come by and pick you up. Okay. Come on. You're going to do it. You know, and just kind of like encouraging as opposed to Cracking the whip or shaking their finger at and you. That's why I think it's so much fun with Performance Mountain. We spend so much time on mindset, meaning yeah. just what you said. It's either I can versus I can't, or a positive mindset addressing you, or someone negative. Well, who do you want to who do you want to hear from? You want to hear from the positive <laughs> encourager, and yet, it's true. Not everybody's that way, but but not everybody knows how to be exactly because they don't realize sometimes that that's what they're putting off, and they have good intentions, right? 
but instead it just shuts me down. And we mm-hmm. don't realize yeah. the power that we may have on helping or hurting somebody wow. else's confidence. That's true. And so you always have to say, are, is, are you, do you want Jill to be more confident in, in reaching this goal? Of course I do. Then when you say it this way to her, like, come on, what's going on? You know, that shuts her down. So what she needs to hear is, hey, let's go do this today. We got this. Yeah. But everybody mm-hmm. needs different things. Right. So we, that's where we spend a lot of time with teams trying so, to understand, like, how do you like to be talked to by your other teammates right. or code? And, and then when you're under stress, how do you like to be talked to? I mean, what do you need from somebody mm-hmm. when you've just made a mistake or an error? Do you need a high five? Do you need a positive statement from yeah. them? Do you need nothing? Do you need a pat on the back? And everybody, that's hard you know to what, being though? a coach or being a manager or a, some, somebody that's in charge of a lot of people um, would be hard to keep that all and be able to manage. That's what's a very special but, person that can run a company or something to be able to yeah. manage or coach to each personality. The but, art of elite communication. That all is, is basic is. communication. It really is. Because that's what we're seeing right now more and more that in the schools where they talk about meeting them where they're at. And that's what every teacher has to do. Unbelievable. Because it used to be. The teacher did it this way, and that's how everybody does it. And now more and more you hear them talking about meet them where they're at or finding out about what their background is so you can talk to each student in the, like you're talking, mm-hmm. like you were saying, in the way that's going to be most effective for them. And you can that's fight weird, it. That's weird because right? that, that's it something I had never heard of before. I, I just like maybe the last couple, three years, I'd, I'd heard some of our friends talking mm-hmm. about it that are in, in public education. Yeah. And then to hear you talking about that, it's like, oh, the bells just went off. It's, it's everything. Like, that's the same thing. Yeah. Business, school, sport, life, home life, relationships. Like you can get into mm-hmm. your mindset that it's my way and I only do it this way and it works for most people. So either... Handle the way I do it or too bad. Or you can say, <laughs> don't you want to get the best out of everybody? Well, if it doesn't work for so-and-so, then why don't yeah. you figure out another way? And I think the coaches that I'm around a lot that, are, that have been willing to evolve have really figured out that, you know, the, not that I want to knock on Bobby Knight, but the Bobby Knight method, the Indiana coach from the 80s, his method quit working because it worked for a while, maybe with certain kind of kids, but eventually it didn't work. Yeah. And coaching out of fear has short-term results sometimes, but it doesn't have long-term results for most people. And mm-hmm. so you can either get stubborn and say, it's always worked for me. I've won lots of games or, you know, I've always gotten kids to follow my way. Or what happens when big macho football player shuts down when you get in his face and you say, if he can't cope with that too bad, or yeah. can you learn it? Can you find out his why? Like, why does he shut down when you yell at him? If you can figure that out, I have lots of stories about both female and male athletes in which once the coach understood their why as to why they shut down, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, wow, I had no idea. (laughs) That's interesting. I had no idea that your father was that verbally abusive to you. And when I yelled that one time, all you could hear is your father. No wonder you didn't respond. Okay, so maybe you don't yell at that player. You can still hold them accountable, but if you keep choosing to yell. It's in a different way. Yeah, think back to when Tom Osborne go back to the 90s in particular when he caught so much heat because he was doing it a different way. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to do something that at that time was unconventional. Right. Yeah. True. Was, he wasn't a screamer. Like, right. Why isn't he getting emotion? He's not yelling. He's not doing anything. He's not getting in their face. He's not, you know, yeah. you know, like clamp him down on him instead. And, and everybody thought it was soft. Yeah, it wasn't. And it wasn't. It yeah. was brave. Right. I mean, seriously. And now people can probably accept that a little more, put some space in there. But at the time, everybody thought it was just, it was, pff, he's going soft on him. Yeah. Why is he letting him walk all over him like and that? And see, friend, Coach evolved. That's crazy. He wasn't yeah. always that way. But see, 
one of the things we teach is what we call a positive psychology framework. And okay. it's, that's rooted in like hope and optimism and tomorrow's going to be a better day and gratitude. But Coach Osborne has this great uh, phrase that I just love. And it's, it's catch people doing something right and reinforce that behavior. So he'll say the best way to... Um, the best way to improve somebody is to catch somebody doing something right and reinforcing that. And that's positive psychology. Yeah. That doesn't mean you don't hold them accountable to when they uh, make an error and you have to figure that out, but spend more time catching them doing something right. And they'll run through a wall for you. Yeah. It's true. Hey, everybody true. hates a gotcha, mm-hmm. you know, when it's yeah. something wrong and, and it blows them away when it's something good. And when somebody like, does stop you and say, like the police this, officer that stops you for good driving. Right. Or, or, or yeah, exactly. What the? But, but, but it, it stays with you and you, t- it, it stays with you. anybody that stops you and says, Hey, I really, what you just did is awesome. I love that. And that there's nothing, no meaning, but other than that, they walk away and they, that was it. It stays yeah. with you all day. It stays with you for a long, obviously for a long time. Yeah, and the, <laughs> the elite, the elite performers in this yeah. world and elite teams, they have a ratio of somewhere between three to one and five to one of positive comments to criticism or what you might call uh-huh. po- you know praise to criticism or just positive self-talk to negative self-talk in your own so the average human being has about three times as many more negative thoughts than positive believe it or not so we're wired for negativity but high performers flip the script yeah. three to one positive to negative and then if you're on a high performing wow. team or business and you study them same thing the ones that have a praise to criticism ratio of three to five to one that means it's not all bury your head in the sand and Pollyanna. Right. it is Sometimes there's tough conversations in business or sport, but those are people though that are those are supposedly the stronger people. Because then you think about the regular person, you hear the number ten to one. It takes ten positives to mm-hmm. negate that one negative, and and for a lot of people, that's not even enough. Mm-hmm. And it's and it may come from somebody that's inconsequential, um, but to come from somebody that you respect is is huge. But even even when you say that, even the elite mindset mm-hmm. has a there's a ratio. Mm-hmm. It's not. And they learn just, it and yeah. they can train it. We have wow. to train people at the highest level to, to <clears throat> learn how to have the proper ratio because we're, most of us are wired the opposite way. Mm-hmm. That's just how we've evolved. And some people are good naturally. I don't like anything in this world, but it's trainable. And if you really study yourself or have people observe you, you're like, wow, I had no idea that I had said that many negative things. It might even be little things like, you know, it's cold out. I'm tired. Right. Just <laughs> The little tiny things All build up. All the things that yeah, we yeah. say over and over versus, and so I, a lot of times I'll ask a coach, I said, when's the last time you blew the whistle to tell the team they did something well at practice? Because they're used to conditioning the whistle wow. blown. Oh boy. What do we do? What do we do wrong? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever, do you, you catch them doing things right? And so, because coaches have yeah. learned. Because that's when they go, whew. Yeah. Stand up a little taller. They do, but they also remember that reinforces what they did well. And you're like, great, coach, recognize when I went, we went flying for the ball the last minute. Yeah. Maybe we're going to be relentless and flying around for the next minute because maybe we like praise from our coach. Right. Most people do. And and, and wow. also kind of taking that to the family level too and, and doing that with your kids instead of yes. have family meeting in the living room right now. And Y'all it's screwed not up. A, it's not a dress down. <laughs> it's a, just wanted to say you guys, what, we had a fun weekend. Was You did this really well. I love that. What a great weekend. That was or it. if you do have something challenging, you know, you started off by trying to think of, unless it really you don't that particular day, to say, hey. You can be really, <laughs> really fuming. But, well, I mean, yeah. a couple things that, or at least, you know, we teach then people how to manage their arousal control levels so that if we are mm-hmm. fuming, do we have a way to kind of get our mind right and our body right and physically, mentally, and emotionally so when we have that conversation with our teenager that it doesn't go 10 times worse and then we walk away going, 
So what do you what, what do you do? Yeah. Like you you have a, a teenager, and you don't want your that conversation to go sideways, right? <laughs> so and you're fuming, you ha- and it's something's got to be addressed, like ASAP. You're fuming. Do you still like lead? Try to lead with something positive. I mean, how do you do? How do you address that so it doesn't go, go somewhere sideways? Somewhere and count to ten. <sighs> I'm kidding. Well, I'll be honest with you. I mean, nothing has to be addressed immediately. Like virtually most things right. in this world. So if we we talk point. about managing their spa- the space, and so that's our core philosophy. Right, so uh, Viktor Frankl was a psychiatrist. He actually was a psychiatrist. Then he was put in the concentration camps. Everyone was killed in his family but him. Then he wrote a great book called Man's Search for Meaning. But he talks about the space. And there's a space between stimulus, whatever the event is, teenager doing something, a stimulus and response, right? You have the power to choose your response. And in that, you know, in that power lies your growth and freedom. So, So here it is, you have a stimulus, and then how we respond to those in this world have everything to do how healthy we are. So it could right. be it could be any trigger. So before we get to your kid, it could just be what happens in traffic for you. Do you lose your mind in traffic when someone cuts you off or they're going too slow? <laughs> right. So we have a stimulus hit us. I talk a lot. Yeah. And then how do we respond? <laughs> yeah. No. Do we lose our do we yeah. lose our mind and right. have all kinds right. of bad chemicals go through us yes. and we won't even remember what we're mad about? And <laughs> right, right, or right. do we take a deep breath? Say, you know, it's just not that big a deal. Turn up the music, get on the phone, and it's not worth it, right? Right, right. It doesn't matter what the trigger yeah. is. So in, in an event where you're really highly emotional, you know, I would say the same thing. you got to self-talk it because most, yeah. most of the things in this world that we end up regretting, that we look back on and go, I wish I would have handled that better, it has to do with how we managed the response. So if something happened and we lose our mind, we get in an argument with somebody or we say something very hurtful back to somebody or we... Just when our teenager probably needs to hear something calming, we're in their face screaming at them. They get mad, you get mad, and you're like, you walk away, and as you think about it, you're like, I could have handled that better. Or I said things that really broke things apart. So then that's when you have to do the mental skills we teach. So first we got to self-talk it. Like, all right, do I need to talk to him right now or her? Like, I'm really, I have to like literally say, I'm wound up right now. Like, this might not be the best time to try to talk to my 14-year-old daughter. Sometimes it's hard for people to identify that, too. Because our fight or flight is kicked off already. It's just like, woof. And and to say, oh, whoa, I am am hot. Let's... Wait. Yes. Yes. And, and and it probably is hard. That that is like give them credit when they can do that. It's very wow. hard, but you can train yeah. it. You mm-hmm. can train yourself. Talk. You can train your nervous system, and you can take. You can learn to take uh, what Xanax. we call tactical oh. breaths. Yes, oh. addicts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yes. Okay. That's ten to fifteen God, minutes. Okay. Before you, yeah. not those little suckers you can get from Mexico. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's about 15 seconds. Okay. I don't know, whatever. That may be true. Okay, I don't know. Just kidding. I have no... We never got to the pharmaceuticals. Because Performance Mountain does not introduce pharmaceuticals. Right. Right. Now, they can be the number one thing you choose to use. No, I don't. I don't. I would be asleep at 6.15. One one lick. (laughs) That's a three lick argument. Yeah, that is... That's a... Yeah. What were we talking about? (laughs) So anyway, you you can learn to tactically breathe and take some deep breaths and calm your nervous system down so you can actually think. You can choose to say, you know what? I'm going to walk away for five or ten minutes and I'm going to just think about how I'm going to handle this situation. It gives you a chance. You can even write it down sometimes or just take a nice meditation walk and say, you know what? I'm going to live to play another day. We still need to address this, but I'm not in a mental space to be able to address this to get what I want to accomplish anyway. All it's going to do is, right. you know, when I'm like this, 
If I'm honest with myself, most times I make it yeah, worse. True. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'm like, dang it, why did I handle that better? And yeah. but they said something to piss me off, and then I lost my mind, and then yeah. you know it circles that the drain worse. pretty quickly. So you can train you can train yourself, and that's a whole other item. But if, if but the yeah. people that if you train uh, have develop a mindfulness practice or a meditation practice, there is real science to why the, the fight or flight doesn't kick off the same for a similar trigger, and why you can calm down so that you can handle stress better. Hi, proud supporter, Kugler Vision. In 2020, the year of clear vision, uh, make it the best year yet with the modern LASIK from Kugler Vision. Mm-hmm. We've both experienced the the dramatic change it can make in your life, having a procedure done to correct your vision. And I, I, I couldn't be happier. I wish I would have done it a long time before I did, but I'm certainly glad I got it done when I did. February is going to be a huge month. You could be in the running for an Omaha night out. In the month of February, you need to schedule your consultation and attend it. You go in, and then then you're automatically in the running for the Omaha Night Out, which is dinner for two at Chop House in the Old Market. It'd be nice to be able to see the menu. Plus, go see the Lumineers at CHI Health Center. Um, it's on March 14th is the show. They'll be announcing the winner on March 2nd on their social media and give you plenty of time to claim your prize. But uh, do yourself a favor. Go ahead and make that consultation appointment on their website at kuglervision.com. It is a procedure still, right? Yeah. And, and the up to seven potential options of a, a procedure. So you, you just don't want to go to anybody to get no. this done. You got to go to people that you trust, that other people have trusted, that we trust. They're, and they have a, a ton of reviews from very satisfied customers, best world. of Omaha, around the world, around the country. Exactly. People right? come back to Omaha just to go to Kugler Vision. So there's they're trusted. There's a reason for that. And so, you know, you, yeah, you want to make sure it's your eyesight. And tell them you heard it on the Pat and JT podcast. That's a whole nother avenue, but yeah. we, you know, we're big into training mindfulness for CEOs and business people and everyday family men. And, you know, of course our athletes and coaches, most of our coaches have developed some form of mindfulness practice to actually learn how to calm the nervous system down for an equal trigger. And you know? it's helped them, I'm sure in every aspect of their life, not just coaching, but also oh. at home, at church, at wherever. Everywhere. Everywhere. And that's our, that's our why. Yeah. That's always been our why, yeah. which is, of course, we might do it through the lens of sports sometimes or business, but is, you know, my why with, you know, with the young athletes too, is can they grow into empowered young women or men mm-hmm. who have the self-confidence to go out in this world and tackle it and be treated the way they want to be? So the skills that you teach them, how to stay more composed and communicate and focus. Yeah. They might help in their sport. It's also helping them as a student athlete. You're right. In life, now they know how to handle stress better when the inevitable Mm -hmm. problem happens with a coworker or their boss or their spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend or all the human dynamics that happen. Affecting all these families, all these these kids, all their future families. Everybody. All the the people that we've talked to that we've met that like, um, especially um, some of the former Huskers that talk about, dealing with Tom and, and the level of respect and, and, and not just Tom, but the entire staff mm-hmm. and the things that they learned in the cope, their coping skills that they learned moving forward, how it really did affect them. And you think about even your bosses, I can think of a handful, like less than a handful of the bosses who never lost their mind, who were always, were always right there to tell you, do, you did a great job. Uh, and thank you. We're always, I can think of less than a handful, mm-hmm. but my yeah, God, many. I'll never forget them. You know, and, and you know why, huge. why? Why is that, right? You, you think about it because the number one thing that we try to teach, you know, that I try to teach is, is that if we want to lead people, we have to model the behaviors that we want them to have. So, what does it teach you, right? So, if you have a coach or a boss that can stay composed mm-hmm. and be respectful, you're more likely to go out in this world 
for the future and do the same, mm-hmm. but also you may have people that you're leading in that same organization. So it might be, you know, it might be a CEO to the, you know, sales manager. You might be a person who's a sales manager. Your CEO treats you right. You now know how to treat all the people you lead by staying compo- calm, right. composed, respectful, you know, catching people doing things right. So we're just so big on having people learn how to model the behaviors that you want to have. Cause a lot of times they'll say, well, I want my team, you know, well, you know, I've tell the coach cook story, which, you know, which is he wanted his team to play fearless at the end of a game. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately without going into it all right now, unless we get into it, which is, <laughs> all right, what's your role? What's mm-hmm. your contribution? You know, what's your contribution to the problem of your team playing with fear? Well, that's a hard question for a leader to ask. Right. They can answer all the things that their team, why, why they think their team is playing with fear. But if you put it back on and say, what do you think your contribution is? It was a very tough question to answer. And so in, in the book I've, that I'm about to launch here later this year, I have a whole chapter on how Coach Cook evolved as a coach. And- I saw a quote of his about that, that he, he used to coach from, a, from fear. No, he used to say, I, uh, I wish you- I had learned to coach out of love instead of anger and earlier anger. in my career. That's what it was. And I, I talk about it in my book because that's the yeah. number one thing for, for me anyway, a validation that made a difference in somebody was that his recognition, as great of a coach as he already has had been, yeah, and highly successful, that he realized that things really got better when he learned to coach out of love. That was not his framework. Because that's um, usually you look at the coach. You don't think when you think coaches, you don't think love. I mean, you just you think of uh, although they part, do, they they do they do love and they look up to him potentially as father figures. But mm-hmm. when the first thing you think of isn't he's coaching me out of love. It's mm-hmm. out of um, not anger, but it's. You got to do it my way. You got to, yeah, you don't want to disappoint them. Exactly. It's not out of love. But love is, yeah, so love is rooted in relationships. So Mm -hmm. as long as you build relationships with those players off site, outside the court, you can still be hard on them. It's not like it's the same kind of love you might have with a spouse, but, you know, it it can be the way you respect them. It can be the way you get to know them as a person, um, hold them accountable as part of love. Expectations, yeah. And being consistent with them. But if you show them that you love them and care about them, They'll do anything for you. And then you can coach them hard too. Yeah. And so that's, you know, for the person who's thinking they just got to do more drills, more drills, or like get on them, you know, that does not work particularly well to it, with today's kids. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it worked great before, but. That was just, the, that was the just the was model. Done. That was, yes. that was the way it was done. That's the way you did it. Yeah. 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 I don't think it worked well. I think the people who got evolved and figured that out started winning sooner than others, or at least whatever their team was capable of. It doesn't always Mm -hmm. result in championships. It results in your team, you know, competing or maxing out at the highest level. And I think that has a lot to do with, and I go back to Coach Osborne, just because that's such a big um, shadow over the the state as far as sports fans, is I think that's a reason why those years still resonate with people to this day. It wasn't, we didn't have that fiery, you know, yelling at people, cussing at people, um, angry and winning. We had a good, quiet, calm. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, it was like, we want more of that. We want more of that. And he was a fierce and competitor. Didn't want to lose. He didn't, right? That didn't take the co- competitor away from right. him, but he had his processes that worked and he, and he was consistent about it. And he learned how it. to get better at it. Yes. And as he, he built on, better but, relationships mm-hmm. with the players over time. Yeah. So he did a lot himself. Because if you don't get to know your players and build relationships, they won't trust you. Right. And I think that that falls over into business too, because there are companies that still benefit from the echoes of the past that people remember that are like, oh man, I'd love to work for that company. That's just, but it's nothing like it used to be, 
but people just have that that glorified memory yeah. of how mm-hmm. wonderful that place was and you want and I have a couple of those places in the back mm-hmm. of my head trust me that you're like man it was just ah you just hate to think that it's not that way anymore and it, and you keep wanting to go back to it yeah. and it's not there cuz cultures are you need to jealously guard your culture yeah. it can shift and you can let it slip without recognizing it sometimes. Like in, in the business world, like, you know, maybe profits are flat for a couple of years, but you blame it one year on the coronavirus and one year <laughs> on, you know, the tariffs or you can, and some of that may be true, but things can start to slip for a little bit and you don't, you can make excuses for why it is. Mm-hmm. And so usually, so you have to be so aware because culture can drift on you when you lose your focus from it. And before you know it, you go from the great team culture or the great business culture to I don't know why you still talk about it that way because it's not yeah. that way anymore. Like, and in fact, people are leaving like and, and then, you know, profits go down or losses mount because without yes. a great culture that's rooted in relationships and love and trust, wow. it will fall apart. See, now, we, now you get me thinking too about families. Mm-hmm. Um, when the matriarch or patriarch of the family passes mm-hmm. away and all of a sudden the family mm-hmm. functions don't happen anymore. They're like saying, this, that's the only person that's holding our family together. Mm-hmm. That's, right? that's the culture of your you family is based on this families. one person. They all get yeah. together for grandma. Yeah, grandma's, passed passed grandma's gone, it's over. No more Christmas. That's, that's crazy. what's so hard about families is it's hard sometimes to groom another person to do that. In, yeah. in business and in sport, if you're mindful about it, because there are so many possibilities, you can groom people through your modeling of behavior yeah. to have them ready to take over or to you know step mm-hmm. up if something happens to you. Like Jack says, they have to train people. It's a Navy SEAL, Jack Riggins. He says, because our, our number one thing is, is we could take a bullet tomorrow and our team still has a mission and we're our team's only as good as the person that I've taught. So we have to teach them to lead, even though they're not leading right now. Yeah. That's what I love yeah. about the seals, but you can do wow. that in sport and yeah. business. That is cr- and it's same that's, for business, same for family. And I've always said this and I've kind of in a joking way, but I'm really not in a joking way is that I'm not a good teacher. I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm, I don't, I feel like I'm a good, I feel like I'm a good dad. I'm a good parent. I feel like I do a lot of things. I model good behavior, but I'm not a good teacher. That is a good teacher. And it, well, modeling behavior, but I've noticed this and, and this, and again, like I say this, I'm in joking. I tell stories. Haha, It's funny, but, but honestly, <laughs> I don't. Like there were, there are times that I, I assumed my kids picked up on things they didn't pick up on, but I didn't show my son how to scrape the windshield of his car, you know, and he's 17. Story. So that it's was like, the I, best story he, he, and they came into, they came in one day, there was frost on the window. <laughs> my daughter threw her bag. We can't go to school. We can't, <laughs> can't go to school. And Bennett comes in, slams her. That's it. Can't go. And, and I'm, I'm, I was actually, I felt shame because I had never taught my son to like physically grab the scraper, but he I've just done started it a million driving. times. That was yeah. the thing. His son he had just, just started, started driving. driving. And I thought, well, I've done it a million times in front of him. Is, do I need, I just don't feel like I'm the best teacher of things. Like if I had an intern, <laughs> Why don't you he grab or she that, would be terrible. Like you should have said, grab that scraper and get after the windows, right. Bennett. Right. Are yeah. You, do you take care of my son, Bennett? What? Yeah. <laughs> He's 21 it's now, funny. but yeah, same, <laughs> close. Okay, same time period. Did, did, well, about what do you, what do, you do when there's oh, ice God. on the okay, windshield? So then I don't feel quite. Don't so you bad. think we were better problem solvers back then? Like, <laughs> I, yes. I don't. I don't remember my dad or mom ever showing me how to scrape the windshield, nope. but oh, I'm yeah. pretty yes. sure that when it got icy. I figured out what to do. I'm pretty sure when it got icy, Dad handed me the scraper and said, Probably, "Get out and go I'm scrape." Pretty sure we figured he out what to do. In, he we sat fi- in the car with the heat on. Yeah, I, you know, and I, that's funny because I've I've talked about this. I think with with Scotty, and I know my wife for sure that I that back when we were younger, and every generation says this, right? <laughs> we were better problem solvers. We could figure it out. At least I thought, or maybe maybe we our parents Google, were better teachers. We right? couldn't Google. There was no Google. There was no right. But think about what you were saying too. So everyone learns differently. Mm-hmm. So yeah. maybe some people 
will do it just by the word of instruction. Like you just say, hey, go out here and scrape. Somebody else may be only a visual learner and they actually need to see you do it visually and they'll never ask again. So, I mean, again, it, it may just be as simple as that. Or, or maybe asking that, them. Or maybe you've never once actually showed them, just kind of assume that, like, I used to figure it out. Yeah, but. I mean, and probably. And, and that's why, I could, and that's, again, okay. that's why teachers, I think, are the... T- I can't, I can't, I can't go, go to school! school. <laughs> that's it. Oh, the, the drama. <laughs> that's it! I got a test and we can't go to school! It was, it was just, it was tragic. <laughs> it was just tragic. I mean, you learn, yeah, it. it's just, I don't know... <laughs> You learn real quick to, to scrape when you, when, you know, I've gone, like, scraped with a quarter and looked through it before, then I realized it's stupid. You scrape. <laughs> or, or with CD packets, yes. the CD cases yes. that yeah. you would use, yes. or your credit cards, yeah. or whatever you could find to scrape with, because nobody, you were never prepared right. as a 16-year-old it, no, driver. No. There was no scraper in well, the car. It, you know, and yeah. it, it, ta- it takes a special person, like, to become a, somebody that I think a teachers are have to be brilliant mm-hmm. with, at that, because I, I have just two kids, and they both learn completely different, but... I still don't get that yet. You know, I still, I'm not good at it. I'm just not good at seeing that. And I think just the communication and asking them and when you're in a classroom or just talking to the kids help would help. Yeah. Just need to talk. Right. That's, that's a big part of it. And you're about ready to turn them loose on the world too. Oh yeah. Too far away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Was that hard for you? Is, is Bennett your oldest or youngest or oldest? He's 21. You actually have a Bennett? I do have a Bennett. I wasn't joking. Oh, I'm like, Oh, we only have a Bennett. Yeah. I'm taking care of my Bennett. That's crazy. Yeah. Same story. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And he's, the same. and he's the doctor. See, it I, can happen to anybody. I have no idea how much better that makes me feel. <laughs> I feel better too. Oh, good. Well, you, you shouldn't, but I should feel better because you, you're a doctor. I feel so much better. See? Oh, I feel a lot better. Okay. It's, it's not just, it's not you. It's okay. Right. Somebody it's has good. to help the helper. Can I, ask, can I ask you a question about your, uh, did Bennett have a hard time sometimes with showering and wearing clean clothes? Um, like when he was 16, 17. Similar type of okay. things, yes. Some okay. kids are like real fastidious, just, oh, right? It. Some kids are not. Some kids are like really fastidious. So they clean everything and it's, it's, it's just what, like, got it. Real what? But then, never mind. What is this word? Fine, seriously. Yeah. It's like, this but is then a podcast. Other kids, what does that mean? Then other kids are, eh. Whatever. Sometimes you think yeah. it's done, and then you open their eh. closet, and there's a month worth of clothes <laughs> right. piled up. And they said <laughs> they said their room was clean, just like you asked like, them. That's and where then you find yes. piles of stuff that they hid in the shower. <laughs> oh god, or something. I, yeah. I got to tell you this. I, this happened. I went home to get a lunch a little bit ago. Yes, and I should have. I'll take a picture. I'll Beth take a picture when okay. she gets home. Um, she, uh, I was talking to her on the way home. She goes, "Can you just go in, in your son's room?" I said, "Okay." She was just go in your son's room <laughs> and show me what it. you see. And, and I said, and I'm, I said, yeah, I see. I said he attempted to make his bed. She goes, well, before, since I fell asleep at 8.15 last night, she goes, I threw, I threw his fitted sheet in him. I was like, hey, bud, put your fitted sheet on before you go to bed. He said, no problem. It's on, uh, it, upside down, like. Un, it's inside and, out? And sideways. So it's <gasps> stretched. So it's, and he said it doesn't fit. It must have shrunk. It's literally <laughs> sideways. It's too wide and it's too short. Yes. <laughs> upside down. <laughs> And upside down and the other way. It's too wide and too short. This can't be my this sheet. This is it. Can't go to school. Can't go to bed. <laughs> can't go to bed. Oh my. So your son would do some things like that? Like it? Oh. Okay, I good. I don't even know what to tell you. God, okay. I feel so much better. Yes. It's not just you. Thank no. You. You're good. Okay. No. Thank you. Thank That's you. That's funny. Oh, my gosh. We've covered a lot of territory here, man. That's That's that right there. I mean, I think for a lot of people just hearing this is that it's just, it's, it is part of being, uh, being open and being vulnerable because everybody suffers from the same things and, and making goals and following through 
you're not failing, but you've, you set yourself up for failure more likely. Or success. There you go. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not that hard to actually set yourself up for success. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's not that hard yeah. to set yourself up for success on anything, whether it's goal setting or self-talk or managing your nervous system. Self-talk or, is the big one. It, it really it, is a big one um, yeah, because it, you, it's easier. It's like you lower the bar. So you don't surprise yourself when it doesn't go wrong or it doesn't go right. It's like, like we're going to lose weight. And then when it doesn't happen, it's like, mm, okay, well, you know, I, I have a terrible time losing yeah. weight. It's, it's impossible it's to lose. You know, you say, you say things like that. I just, I lose weight so slow. I can't, my metabolism must be stopped. Yeah. You know, whatever. And you have these, these excuses all ready to go when it doesn't happen and totally get it. Cause it, it, my, my roller coaster was so funny. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and, um, she's about the same age and she says in her life, her roller coaster, she's been overweight three times in her life that where she went up to here and then she went down to here and then she went up to here and she says the majority of my life I've been the right weight. And I said, you know what? Honestly, I have two. I said, but when it, when it's bad, it sticks for a while. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like the switch flips. Which was what happened the last time and the switch flips and it's like, I'm not even really trying. It just happens and everything goes back to where it's supposed to be. Then something happens that throws you off your tracks. And like we talked about getting derailed, um, even for a day and it can happen for months or years actually, before you get everything back right and get it back in line. Yeah. So I guess uh, what I'm hoping people will hear is that it, you can get it back. There's actually fairly simple ways to do it and it's trainable it doesn't mean that the outcome goal is going to be any easier because it's hard for a lot of human beings to lose weight or to save the right amount of money or to... That's another you know, one too. I mean, yeah. you know, or to, or to be in shape physically or whatever it might be, you know? I mean, it's yeah. those are, aren't easy things to do in the human dynamic world. They're but not all vices. They're yeah. not. They're, they're, not just, they're not even vices. They're yeah. just difficult things to do in this world because it's a, it's a hard world sometimes. And... But... That doesn't mean that there can't be some strategies that help get you back mm-hmm. on track a little sooner, meaning like we're all going to derail. I don't care who you are. I don't care how smart you are, how much money you have, the family support. It doesn't matter. Life hits. We all get derailed. The question is, does it take a year to get back on or a mm-hmm. month? And if we have strategies that we know we can get back, it might not take as long. Where do we feel like we have no confidence to do it because we don't even know how to do it right now. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, wow, I only have to do this, this, and this, and this, and it can help me get back on track quicker. Well, it gives you a little more uh, hope that, you know, I'm a big hope guy. Like, the minute you lose hope on anything, that's, you know, that's when... That's that's hard to get back. That's when trouble hits human beings, when they lose hope, whatever the Mm -hmm. endeavor is. So to keep people in a hopeful way, to actually believe tomorrow could be a better day, you know, that's the responsibility ultimately of the individual. But there's lots of people in this world that can help people Mm -hmm. feel that they have more hope. You know, and I don't care who it is. It could be a mentor. It could be clergy. It could be a friend. It could be a parent be a teacher, a coach. There's so many people in this world that it can help others become what I call more gritty or kind of have more tenacity. But it, it has to come a bit internal. But if we don't know how to do it ourselves, we have to have people in our world that can help us with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, okay, where would you suggest somebody start if they're, they know they need to get some things lined in order? You mentioned you have a book coming out um, later this year. Do you, you have other books too? Nope. This is going to be this my is, very seriously? first book. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. That's no pretty kidding. awesome. That's actually the hope. Actually, yeah. honestly, the reason I wrote the book, it's, I think it's going to, I'm going to call it max out when it matters the most, the six, the 16 powers to help you in business, sport and life. Cause each chapter is a different power, like the power of self-talk. Right. You know, the power of I can't wait vulnerability. To see this book. Oh man, but me too. I, but I've, I'm writing it 
partly because I just wanted the challenge of writing it, but because I've been so blessed to be around some of the best coaches and leaders and teams and businesses in the world over my career. I've just been lucky that way. I just want to be able to share for people who may not have access mm -hmm. to a mindset coach. Maybe they can't afford one. Maybe they don't even have access to one, you know, maybe, yeah. um, but that they want to either That's learn for themselves, you know, how to improve their mindset yeah. so that they can be more successful in whatever they're trying to do or, Oftentimes, especially the coaches that I, that I attract, a lot of the high school coaches and club coaches who they they don't necessarily have the funds in their coach, uh, their in their club or their high school to be able to hire a mindset coach or a high performance coach, or they may not have the money to go to a conference, or there there may not even be a conference. So that mm. if they could read my book through the my lens of experience, talking about a lot of the experts I've been around, all the great coaches and teams, maybe they can learn something about how do, how do I train mindset in myself? So if somebody's interested in self-talk and they're like, I am a negative self-talker and I know it hurts my confidence and I don't feel good when I tell myself bad things about myself, mm -hmm. they could go to the chapter on power of self-talk and not only learn about it, learn that they're normal. You know, that's the first thing. It's right, nice to you're know not that abnormal, you're, not weird. And, yeah. and then, more importantly, what do you do about it? How do I change my self-talk if I don't have access to a one-on-one -on -one coach that teaches it to me? Yeah. Like, I can learn it right from that chapter like, how do I change it? And so that's ultimately... you got to keep a hurry up and write this those. thing. Like, is it already written? Like, it's already written. Right? Let's, get it's this, let's get this out it, now. Let's not wait until the end it's of the year. Being, let's do it now. It's being um, honed and fine-tuned. Okay. Bit, let's, I'm start, not, let's get our honing I'm not a writer. <laughs> but I am is proud there, of it. Is that's there a awesome. timeline that you're looking at well, right I'm now? Well, hoping, I'm hoping it'll be by sometime at the end of the summer. I just don't know sure how long it's okay. going to take for the whole... It's done, and it's just requiring... I can't wait. Finalizing everything. When you, yeah. okay, when you were just talking about um, the blessings in your life, and, and uh, did you, when you first started out, what was your career path? Did you start out the, you know, as a mindset coach? No, it was a completely different career path because I went to medical school, and my dream was to be a surgeon or an ER doc. And as I evolved through the whole thing, I realized those weren't going to be for me for different reasons. Mm -hmm. But I was really attracted to the mental end of things, but also attracted to people with Alzheimer's disease because of some family history. But I ended up specializing after I graduated from medical school in psychiatry. And so I had a pretty traditional psychiatric practice. I mean, seeing outpatients, working in the hospital. And, but, you know, back then in the 90s, date myself here a little bit, the insurance companies turned us into pill pushers. They just wanted us to diagnose. Mm -hmm. And if they needed a pill, a Xanax, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not knocking the pills. I believe they're really important. Sure. There's a people. place. Oh, there's a huge place Definitely. for a lot of people. But they wanted us to prescribe the pills and all the good hard work of, you know, learning about yourself and coping skills and becoming a better mindset. Mm -hmm. They wanted the therapists and counselors to do that. I'm like, I don't didn't think that was the role of the psychiatrist is to be a pill pusher. And so as it evolved through two incidents, one, I got the hospital in North Dakota I was working at bought out the other one. And I had to take over the addiction unit. That was where I really got to see some really high performers, doctors, teachers, CEOs. Their life had fallen apart because of alcohol or something else, but I learned they had an incredible mindset. If you could teach them yeah. how to Those to are cope, the people that people don't expect to hear. That's the vast majority of people that are addicts are just normal, everyday people. Right. I mean, they just don't have they, they don't have the tools to build themselves back to get back on track. Think, and those people sound like they would they come with them. And they because they're they, the high yeah, achievers. Right, right, right. And then when they got better, but sometimes it was rooted in when stress hit. Then they got negative self talk. They didn't know how to cope. They couldn't manage their space, and they turned to a substance. And then right. maybe they were wired for an addiction. Maybe their whole family was addicts, and they couldn't cope with drinking. Maybe their friends could. But once I was able to see how much they improved by helping their mindset, um, that got me interested. And then 
I, you know, I, when, when 9-11 hit up in Minot, North Dakota, where I lived, that was a very important base. They had the V-52 bombers right. and they had the under, underground nuclear warheads. And it was a very stressful time in America. And all those psychiatrists and mental health people got deployed. And I'd built up some goodwill from helping the dependents of people in the military in, during my career. And they said to me, we need some help. And they said, here's, here's the good news. You're going to really be able to help some people in an important time. We need our pilots or under stress, our military officers, the high-ranking ones who yeah. control the button. Wow. They're, wow. They said, here's the bad news. You can't use any pills. So here we go. So there Mr. it is. That's what no, you, here, Mr. Yeah. Hotshot going. Right. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. What do you mean I can't use pills? Right. That's what you've been making me do for so long. Right, but like. That was my opportunity. Would, yes, your opportunity. You exactly. I mean, somebody, somebody flying airplanes like that or making those decisions can't, can't be medicated. Nope, I bet can't they be can't. Medicated. That so, is, I could never thought about so that. Imagine if you're, um, maybe if you're wired for anxiety or maybe you're anxious because the buildings just got blown down and you don't know what's happening next. It's a very uncertain time in America and there's a lot of anxiety and stress mm -hmm. and they needed help with non-medication strategies and that's where it really evolved. And then when I moved to, and that's when I and really- And thank God you had now. your history that you had and- Yes, your right. mindset about how to handle these things. That's incredible. Very inf so wow. my career path changed. I still do a lot of regular psychiatric stuff for mm -hmm. some contracts that I do, but I evolved once I moved back to, or to back to Nebraska and started working with athletes and coaches that like, this is, this is really my place. And, and then it didn't just mm. be that. Then how do you help CEOs or anybody who has problems? But I like to work with high performers. That's my niche. Yeah. And I like to work because of a CEO who's running a company, because I'm helping one right now with a company who just has trouble, had trouble in like board meetings, ruining trust by just saying the wrong thing. He'd right. be impatient. He might say one thing that would ruin trust in a person and humiliate him or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was very hard to stay focused and calm and teaching them how to stay calm, how to stay focused and how to stay present and to manage their space. It's completely changed his, his life. I'm not saying I did it. He did all the work, no, but, but it's all the same skills. That that's it, It's so funny because we, we kind of touched on this a few episodes ago talking about homeopathic medicines. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, because I'm a huge believer in that. My dad as well. And he was a uh, horses, right? And he mm -hmm. didn't like giving his horses drugs, head race horses. And so, um, so interesting. So he, yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, and, and, and so he would prefer to use homeopathic methods. And, but it takes longer. And it's a lot more work. And so for a lot of people, the shortcut of the drugs makes it seem, it's just easier. Oh. And, you know, it's just easier. It's like, just, just give them a shot. Right. It's just easier instead of going with the homeopathic. But you're actually, that's what you do is more of a homeopathic type medicine because you're. It's you're, not, yeah, it's not medicine based. At this right. point, I could argue that in that role, and I do argue in that role, that I'm not playing the role of a psychiatrist. I'm not diagnosing anything. I'm not keeping a chart on them. I'm not treating a mental illness. They may have something, and I may recognize something and say, I think you need, may need to get that evaluated. But when I play that role, I don't play both roles. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm purely what I would call an elite mindset coach, whatever you want to call it, helping like with it. mindset. And, but it is, it, it's, a, it's a harder way, but it's a more permanent way. Exactly. Because I'm not knocking the Xanax either. If you, if you mm -hmm. have a fear of flying, exactly. or you have something going on, and, or whatever's going on, and you need something in that moment, yeah. And you don't have the skills yet, or maybe it's a really bad situation and you're just mm -hmm. in a very traumatic situation. That might be the only thing that and works right now. Exactly. There mm -hmm. are situations that do call for but it. That doesn't change the yeah. brain permanently to how you cope and think through things so that you develop the mindset more times than not that's going to lead to success. Otherwise, yeah. you just, you've temporarily solved the problem and that's okay too sometimes. That's what it has you to be. You kind of kick the can down the road just a little Sometimes bit. you never 
actually stop kicking the can yeah. down the that's road. when that's when it gets bad that's true because mm-hmm. yeah you, you eventually need to either confront it or you're just going to be a slave to I just think a lot of yeah. people don't believe you can change that way. <clears throat> right. But you can. Right. It's really powerful how you can change your brain. Your mind is so powerful. With the right yeah, mental right. skills and mindset training, you can change it in a very powerful way, and it will change your whole life. And like you said, it changes maybe the next generation because if you handle stress in a certain way at home, no matter what the kids say, like this is one, a really interesting stat, though, but mm-hmm. if you've been physically abused at home by a parent, almost every one of those kids will say, when I grow up, I will never hit my kid. I mean, I'll never do what my parent did, but about 90% of them go on to hit their kids. It's not because they ever planned on it, Mm -hmm. but under stress in particular, that's when it happens. When you're stressed, you go back a lot of times to what you learned, particularly if you hadn't had anyone work through it. Like you acknowledge that you didn't want to hit someone, but you never maybe worked on your own mindset. Like, how am I going to cope when things really fall apart? So then if things don't fall apart, you might not hit your kids. But if things really go bad, you may go back to exactly what, you never said you would do. Right. And that's what human beings do a lot. Yeah. And so that's what's so interesting about, like you said, the next generation. It doesn't just help, you know, yourself, which is cool. But if you can pass on the way to cope and handle tough situations and how to treat people, mm-hmm. your kids and maybe the other people that you involved in, if you're a teacher or a coach or whatever, you, le- you lead people, they may learn it from you. And maybe that's the first time they've ever learned it from somebody. Yeah. They didn't have parents that taught it to them, right? But maybe a teacher taught them. Or another mentor. And that's true, too. Yeah. It that changes your life forever, and then yeah. it changes the next generation. And you yeah. break, somebody has to break the cycle. Yeah. That's yeah. what Coach Osborne did for a lot of people, by the way. He helped a lot of people break the cycle, generations of not going to college, or maybe difficult family circumstances, or how to communicate. Well, I can't imagine. If you're the first one to go to college in your family, and then add the stress of the scholarship, and then the physical athletic performance. So they have all that weighing yeah. on them. And their, their family's counting on them. Right. To get that degree because they're in college. The team's counting on them to be athletic and and to be a performer. And then the scholarship, they've got to keep their grades up. Well, then you got the fans. And And then then you you got got millions of fans all over the world. So much pressure. Can't believe it. I can't imagine. Even someone who has a good family network, it's a lot of pressure. But then that's why I'm always, like you are, enamored by Coach Osborne in that sense and other coaches. But his ability to have people later on in life want him to be their mentor. He's a mentor of mine, and he was a mentor for mine for 20 years, and I didn't know him. If so, I always said I wanted Warren Buffett or Tom Osborne wow. to meet them and work with them. If I was, I never believed I would work with either one. And you know, I worked with Coach Osborne for years at Nebraska, and now he's our senior senior leadership and performance advisor for Performance Which Mountain. Which is so cool. And yeah. I talk to him a lot, but I he's a mentor of mine. But guess what? There's like a thousand other people in this world that truly believe he's a mentor. And mm-hmm. because he is. And they all have a personal connection with him. Yes, and it doesn't even That's mean that they spent too. years. Right. Maybe they haven't even talked to him in 10 years. But the way he interacted with them, the way, whatever the message, that lesson they taught, he's a mentor. He mm. was a mentor of mine just the way he handled things graciously all those years when he didn't win at all. From and afar. The, and the books he wrote. Yeah. I read right. his books yeah. and they were more than winning. And, you know, yeah. beyond the game, like every one of his books had nothing really to do with winning. Now, the product of his processes you hope the outcome for him he mm-hmm. wanted to win but everything he taught was about life and so i mean and he's not the I, i've had a wonderful coach i mean coach kirsten bernthal booth who's going to be on my podcast uh my talk first about guest today coming up is very yeah. Exciting. Yeah. she is she's one of the i mean she is my favorite human being coach that i know because of a ton of reasons but 
Yes, I can't wait. I mean, when is your pod, your podcast is out? I mean, when this podcast ours right now is out, your podcast will be released. Is that right, or is that on Scott? We just no, have to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, so it's going to be released tomorrow. It's going to be called Max Out Mindset. Both of these will be out The same yeah. reason that I wrote the book. Yeah, I want to. My my goal is to educate people through my lens and experiences, the things that I've learned from working with the best, to teach them these strategies that we're talking about, but also to have experts come on who've been great in their own craft. Yes. Certainly through the lens of coaches oftentimes because I work with them, but it won't just be coaches. It'll be business people and regular human beings who've been very successful with their mindset. Um, but I'm going to have them on too. Um, and so I'm really excited about that because ultimately I want people to be able to learn about yeah. how do you max out your mindset as part of your overall high performance strategy. And that's in any endeavor. That's as awesome. a parent, as a teacher. Exactly. As a boss. You don't have to be a hugely successful athlete or a hugely successful CEO. Cause I, I can think of a lot of friends of ours and we, we talk of them Anybody. because they, the minute they walk in the room, it, it, everybody feels better. Right. And, and you feel that connection with them right away. And they, they are the positivity and yeah. uh, the belief in and the in, opposite too, where people walk in and the, the energy is gone. The energy like, vampires. Right. Well, I mean, because you're right. I mean, you talk about the elite mindset and some of the people that you've worked with, but when you're when you're talking and saying specific examples, I'm using that in my life. How I'm going to do it? And I'm nowhere near any of that. So it's me. How many handle do I deal with my kids or my mm -hmm. parents or my wife or you know whatever? Just friendships. And it, I mean, anybody can use these skills. Anyone. Yep. Any any kids especially. Can I can't wait good. to 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 read your book, listen to your podcast yes. and start implementing some of these things when my kids are still young enough to hopefully, you know, help still, a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I think, some of that yeah, in right. Try. <laughs> Cause I think it'll be, it'll change their lives. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for saying that because I don't think that we would be working with teams, even though we love it. If there wasn't a bigger why to it, mm -hmm. like yeah. we love to see teams win, you know, who doesn't We're right. competitor. We like to see them max out. We like to see them reach their limits of their capabilities. But if there wasn't something bigger to that, then I'm not sure we'd spend that much energy on it, but there's nothing more rewarding than seeing an 18, 19 year old athlete or a high school athlete or anybody um, who comes back to you five or 10 years later and is doing really good things. You can see their confidence level has changed. They know how they want to be treated by human beings. You know, they don't let anyone take advantage of them and they have the confidence to go out in this world and tackle anything. And yeah. if you could play a small role in that, whether their team won championships or not, of course, during that time period, they want to win a lot. Who doesn't? But if, that all ends for everybody, even for Danny. It yeah. ended after 10 years. Danny would have, he, and it's funny is when you talk to him, and I was thinking of Jack as well, mm -hmm. that when they talk about their super elite careers that they each had, it's not about the accomplishments that they made on the field or as uh, in, in service, but it was the, the culture. One thing. And it was relationships. the relationships. Yeah. That's what yep. Coach Osborne says. The yes. only thing he missed about coaching was the relationships that he made. And so for Jack and Danny, who were the elite of what they did, mm -hmm. It had to end for both of them at some point. They had long careers, longer than most, but it ended. And if they walk out of that career and they don't have the coping skills and the mindset to take it on to the next level, so what do they learn from that is what they love teaching right now. That's yeah. why Jack and Danny are really good teachers. They're so excited yeah. about it. They're good teachers. Yes. You know, and I was in with Danny in a seminar, and he's a good teacher. He teaches different than I do, as he should. Mm -hmm. He teaches different than Jack, but he's a great teacher, and so is Jack because they've lived it They've internalized it and they know what it takes to be great and not just winning games, but how right. do you win in life? How do you, like you said, be a better parent, be a better human being, better friend and all these mm -hmm. same skills we're teaching their life skills. They're not, of course they apply to sport and business and seals and, but they're life yeah. skills. And if you don't develop them in life skills, 
somewhere along the way. Right. And then how do you grow into a healthy adult? Most people have to learn them from somewhere. They're not, right? it's not exclusive to the elite. This is something that it's, it's, it's available to anybody. That's why yeah. I'm doing it. It's yes. not for, I'm not doing this for the elite. I'm doing it for the people, the, everybody, you know, I mean, for the us, for, uh, for, the, for, yeah. for me, everybody, for all of us. All right. Yeah. None of us are, a very few people are elite, like, you know, Steve yeah. Jobs or, you know, Tiger yeah. Woods. I mean, none of us are. We're just... But they all need the same thing. We're finding thing. our way through the world, trying to be what I would call, and I'll leave it at this, is the best version of our mindset. It doesn't have to be like what, what might people say is elite, like, a, you know, like, again, you know, um, you know, the Microsoft guy, Bill Gates. Yes. You know, that he's the top of all time in the world that, you know, software. Mm -hmm. But can you be the best version of yourself? That's where we try to get people. Like you said, meet them where they're at. And then can we take them up a notch? I say, what, can you give me one more inch, one more degree? Right. You know, one more percent. What does that look like when an entire team gives one more percent? It's not insurmountable. It's, it's not, not. It's not the whole goal. It's one percent. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's a, that's, that's, a, that's a, what we call a, a chunk of a goal, right? You know, trying to get 100 pounds all at once, overwhelming. Yeah. Can I get three pounds this month? Okay, I think I can I do can that. I can do that. That's, yeah. You know, that's called the chunking of goals because without it, it can get overwhelming. And so that's what we're trying to get people, just a little it. bit better version of themselves. And where does that take them? Three whole pounds in a month. In the, in a the lot. right. But you in figure, right? But you figure if you lose three <laughs> pounds, for some people, lose three pounds. Or you can gain three pounds. If you gain three it's pounds, it's easier to gain three pounds. Why is it but, easier to gain three but pounds? But it's a lot. Yeah. If you gain three or five pounds, right. it's so much. And if you lose five pounds, you don't give yourself the credit. That's true. Right? No, that's true. You don't give you yourself never the credit. Do. Yeah. That's but if true. you gain five, you can feel it. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's so true. Right? Yes. Your pants are your pants are breathing uh, hard. They're like, oh God, I can't hold it. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying five buddy. more and I'm done. <laughs> little button sweating. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So social media, can they follow you along on, on social media? Yes. Or how can they how can they stay in touch with you? Yes, I mean I I've been dragged into the 21st century. Yes, you have. I have. <laughs> but I am on I am on Twitter and it's doc and then a lower what do you call that underscore thing? underscore elite mind. Awesome. Yeah. So it's doc underscore elite mind. Okay. Yep. They made me change mine, which is fine. Okay. Jack and Danny or yeah. Scotty. Yeah. That's so right. that's good. Yeah, I moved me ahead. No, that's good. That's I took good. Took my picture of me and my 10-year-old daughter at the time off and Put some picture. Else. Okay. She's 17 now. <laughs> Selfie. Okay, good. What's her daughter? What's your name? Her name's Sophie. My oh. daughter's name Sophia. You have Bennett and Sophia. Bennett and and I you Bennett have Sophie. got to be kidding no. me. Bennett and Sophia. So my daughter's 17, one of the most. Wow. And you're a doctor She's and you're. Just a, oh, never I'm not mind. A doctor. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sophia, <laughs> Sophia. That's the Greek form, right? That is right? crazy. And how old is Sophia? She's 14. Sophie's 17, and she's just this neat, kind, beautiful kid. So, yeah. And, um, oh my God. And, uh, so yeah, so that's I mean, amazing. so they took that picture away and that's fine. Now, <laughs> I just found out that I'm. A, nur a nurse told me that I'm on Instagram. And I said, why? Well, I, I think I might be, but I don't know how to get on it. But Scotty Scott's runs my doing Instagram. It. So, and, I'm gonna, <laughs> and I'm on LinkedIn. Right. But then, you know, we have performancemountain.com, yes. our website. That's really the one. That's the that, real connection. And, yeah. and you'll see the podcasts with you guys. And Scott puts the podcasts out uh, as well to keep a performance mountain. Um, to put those out there. I mean, there, there's a lot of really good stuff. Coming yeah. From yeah. There. We're having a lot of fun awesome. helping. People. Sounds like it. And it's, it's not like, like you said, Creighton men's basketball. That's awesome. We love those kind of things. Those are higher profile, but yes, we help a lot of 
you know, people and, um, and all you're walks of life. You're working to get into more schools and more companies. And I mean, yes. it, it can work in so many different situations. Well, the situations. companies really have found that they have a gap in how, you know, leadership and how to, and some generational issues. Like yeah. how do you, how do you communicate with a different generation than you? And they have all yeah. kinds of things that they, even the most successful companies, they can still do it better. And when they're open to that idea of like saying, how do we, how do we take it from here to here? So I love working with people yeah. that are already relatively successful but they want to, you know, maybe they're second right. or third in the conference. What's or keeping second, them from but, yeah. Or second or third in their industry, but they want to be the best. Yeah. Like, how do you get them there? How do you help them gain that extra inch or percent or degree? And that's fun because when you're at that level, those edges, it's hard to get that that's extra just it. piece. Yeah. When you talk about the elite teams and it's, the, it's hard. like a little bit makes a huge difference it's, because yeah. they're all so sharp. Yeah, or just yeah. as important as keeping them from drip, dropping a little bit because sometimes you can get arrogant. Just a little bit. You can get arrogant or not realize that things could be slipping a little bit because you're so confident that it's always worked this way. When mm. maybe the outside, an outside observer could say, you know. Things have changed a little. And here's, here's what we're seeing that if you continue down this path, you're going to see a bigger drift of your team's performance or business performance. Right. And so as outside people, you know, that's what we do when we do our culture assessments is we're not assessing a, a culture and saying that is, sometimes it's the top culture we've ever seen. And yeah. we, we still find eight or 10 things that if you could do these things better in the business world or team world, mm -hmm. maybe you could either take it up a notch or at least. Eight or 10. I like that. Because last time the number was, what was it? 36? 36. Was, was it? it? Is the number 36 that Danny, Danny, things that Danny found wrong with your swing? Oh, it was 34. And 34. That was and that was Jack. <laughs> oh, that was Jack that did that. Getting, getting exactly numbers. 34 <laughs> errors of my swing. No, numbers getting down there a little bit. But though. it hasn't changed a bit now. <laughs> right? You talk about somebody who right? can help or hurt your confidence. There you go. There Someone you go. The exact way, number the way right Jack right. told me it hurt my confidence. Hurt me. That hurt me. Cut me deep, Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast yeah, and spending some time it. with this. I mean, enlightening. And I think, I think honestly, super helpful for me. Few control issues, whatever. Yeah, I'm not. A, I have no initials after mine. I could have told you that one. Whatever. But I picked the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I know. That's it's, it's like the person who you know odds. reads cards or reads people's future. You pick the things that are the most common. Right. And you're likely to hit it. Right. Control. Nailed it. Whatever. I don't care. Whatever. Doesn't bother me one bit. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. I had a blast. Thank you. Doctor Larry Woodman. Thank you. Pat and JT. Um, it's Pat and JT Instagram and Twitter and also on Facebook 402-403-9478 Pat and JT Podcast A Parkville